You're listening to the Regional Update. I'm Shannon Beatty, the Weed Smart podcast host. In this podcast, we catch up with somebody from the regions each month, whether it be the North, South or Western, to find out what is happening in their patch in regard to weed control. Let's get into it. Today, we're heading to New South Wales to chat with Trine Swift, who farms with her family at Parks. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Trine. Lovely to catch up with you, Shannon. Thank you. No worries. Let's start with a bit about the farm and your operation. Where are you? Who's involved? What's the setup? All of that jazz. Uh, So, Shannon, we're south and west of Parks in central New South Wales. Uh, I farm with my brother and my sister-in-law and my husband and my parents. So we're part of Kibbe and Watson. We've been here since 1901. So, yeah, we're operating here in a very variable environment. So we grow summer and winter crops, all dry land or all rain fed. Such a family operation. I love that. Brother, siblings, husbands, wives, parents. That's amazing. And for so long as well, 1901, what's that? 120-odd years. What a... uh, what an effort. I love it. Um, talk me through the season. How has this year played out for you? This year has, we often refer to Central West as either being Mordor or Garden of Eden. So this time last year, we had significant flooding in the Central West. Tichburn, where my parents live in the eastern part of our farm, had a lot of flash flooding, where rail lines broke. And then virtually the rain cut out and we've probably had maybe 200 mils for the calendar year so far. So we've been very dry this year. So, yeah, it's been a challenge, but we've gone, we pulled out our summer cropping this year. We harvested some sorghum back in May and then we've just gone in with a full winter program. Talk me through those year-round rotations a bit. As you say, you do summer crop, I believe you've got sorghum, peas, I think you mentioned maybe mung beans that you sometimes have in the summer. Talk me through, yeah, the summer cropping, winter cropping split and and why and how you guys manage that. Okay. So, Shannon, look, we're really big on innovation in our business. So, we've done with climate change and whether we believe it or not, our environment here is changing. We're becoming more summer dominant with our rainfall usually, but it's, it's variable. So we can have rainfall at any time of the year. So as a result, with improved um, moisture management and using soil water probes, water capacitance probes, we've got a better idea of what our season can be. And as a result, we've branched in the last oh, 12 years into summer cropping, whether that's sorghum and mung beans, we've had a double at cotton as well. And then winter, as a whole program, we can grow anything of, yeah, 13 different, 13 different crops as pretty much what's in our toolbox to work with, whether it's lentils, chickpeas and lupins, vetch. In terms of our pulse, we grow canola for our oil seeds, wheat, barley, triticale. We're growing some ancient grains as well. Yes, yeah, so quite variable. And the idea is that that gives us opportunities for weed management and insect management by mixing it up and not being set in a very short rotation. I honestly do not know how you keep track of 13 different rotations on farm. That sounds complicated, but clearly those rotations are important to you and it's a big part of the operation. You did have, or you mentioned that you had some flooding last year. How have those rotations helped you get on top of any weed blowouts that you had as a result of that flooding? 
So, look, we grow 13 different crops. Our rotation, which is fairly set to a point, we have flexibility in it. We usually, my husband and I and my brother have all been, no, I'm currently a Nuffield scholar, and we all visited Dwayne Beck in the US, and I was pretty influenced by him as well. But looking at mixing up what our program is for nature, so not growing two of any crop, one crop in a row. So we usually go a cereal a pulse and then we'll go back to canola, back to a cereal, then go into a fallow and then go into sorghum. And then from there, mung beans will come in if the opportunity presents. We also get an opportunity for weed management in that rotation. So with years like last year, coming back to your last question, with flooding, having that rotation set up, we've got a little bit of flexibility to go back. We've actually followed sorghum where we had very little ground cover back in and we actually did a strategic till because we lost all of our topsoil on areas that had never had flood before and significant flash flood because of the railway breaking. So we've been able to start remediating that soil and solving any weed issues through that strategic tillage and then we can go back into our normal chemical management process through rotation, whether it's summer or winter applications. So we need to put vetch in as a ground cover over this year and then we brown manured it prior to flowering so we can manage any extra weeds that had come in downstream and also provide a bit of um, soil cover over summer. When you say that you've got flexibility there to be able to sort of change things if, if need be, how do you go about making those decisions? What is best? Do you stick with the current rotation plan? choosing which things to put in. How do you actually go about making those decisions? So we've got some flexibility because we grow a variety of different pulses and that will be dependent on markets. It'll also be dependent on the soil type, whether it's chickpeas or faba beans or lentils if we've got stone or not on that block. So that gives us a little bit of flexibility in that sense with windows of sowing and what the seasonal outlook is if it's going to be a super-duper wet year. Maybe chickpeas won't work for us in our environment, but favour beans will. So there's some opportunities there for flexibility. Also at the end of that, once we've had that sorghum, last sorghum crop, which we'll long fallow into, we have opportunities within that to then go back into a rotation straight away, back into a winter rotation or stay out into summer. So so we actually have grown two years, not perfect, but we've gone back in two years in a row in sorghum because the opportunity presented and then back into a cereal, which is, again, not perfect, but we've been able to rotate our chemistry over summer and winter in that way. And yeah, we can do a strategic tillage or something in between if we if we did have something blow out. This is the Weed Smart Podcast. Are there any other weed control tactics that you guys use on farm? Obviously, we've covered rotations and that strategic tillage. Is there anything else that you guys do on farm to help with your weed control? So we've also got an optical sprayer, which we've had for a number of years. So that's been useful. We're still having challenges. Unlike the north, we get a lot of moss over winter. So those optical sprays do pick up that moss. So it's a challenge for us. But that gives us a chance for different chemistry that mightn't be economical in a traditional operation in a traditional, through a traditional spray rig to take those opportunities and especially over summer when it can be hard to kill and we need to get over country, having two sprays makes a big difference there as well. It also stops blowouts with new weeds coming in such as feather top roads grass as we get those incursions off roads and rail 
which is, yeah, it's just another tool in the toolbox. We just need to keep having availability for these tools and pull them in as we need them as the season presents. So we're also probably looking at biologicals a lot more, particularly interested on what's happening with fleabane biologicals that come through and also looking at green-on-green technology. So I'm moving towards looking at an AI Nuffield scholarship and travelling the next 18 months looking at artificial intelligence and how we can then utilise that in our weed management to get a good idea of what our spread is, what's working, what's not in paddock at point in time where we can't traditionally manage that through time and having access to all that data. Sounds like you're a bit of an overachiever, Trine. One Snuffield scholarship wasn't enough for you, so you're going to uh, go and go into another one. You're obviously a really innovative family from all of the things that you said. Where do you think that desire for innovation comes from? Look, we've got a really great team. We've got really good employees that work with us. I think um, everyone feeds off each other and wants to do things better. Um, we're all working towards sustainable operations, having transparent operations to the consumers as well so they understand what we're doing and look as I said Central West is really really variable so if we're going to stay relevant and long term we have to keep innovating to make it work we aren't in a safe environment here it can vary so much so compared to other areas and other countries we have to innovate to survive and yeah that's It gets us out of bed in the morning and it keeps everyone engaged and driving to a common goal. So, yeah, just doing it better. I feel like we need to get you on for a longer episode, Trine. This is, uh, you've got so much. You're great to chat with. I feel like this this regional update isn't long enough to pick your brain properly. (laughs) We're really lucky. My parents really focused on uh, education. So we've all got university degrees. You don't go to university particularly to learn particular topic you learn how to learn so I think we've all had the desire through programs like Nuffield through GRDC what we're involved in off farm as well to really support industry and make it sing we do great stuff in Australia why not have really resilient communities and a great product that we can sell to consumers that they know what they're eating they know it's safe and yeah we're providing a healthy yeah, extending everyone's life, we all need food. So if we do it well and we do that by managing with different tools our weeds, that's really important. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Trine. That was a really nice note to finish on and I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for chatting, Shannon. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.